I am working on kind of rewriting some of this and talking to Mike about it. And if you know me, then you know I like to say windows and mirrors, which basically means every time you're upset and you're looking out there, thinking you're looking out the window, you're probably looking in a mirror. You're probably upset about yourself. You know, it's something in you. And um, the whole concept of windows and mirrors is that we can't navigate the world until we can see ourselves for who and what we are. And I've had a few conversations with this about Mike. It is the very first step in this whole journey. Uh, if you want to go on this gray wolf journey, the journey that I'm on, uh, the very first step is recognizing that it's probably a mirror and appreciating how important it is to be able to see yourself. So uh, I will be, I'm not sitting on the floor right now, but I will be. Uh, I'll be sitting on the floor, and I'll be listening in, and if you are here from the Guardian Academy, then uh, there will be homework for you, because I want to do something cool for you guys, but I want to know that you're paying attention, so just tune in, there's no video or anything, so you don't have to worry about video or doing weird stuff on camera or anything like that, uh, you can just sit on the floor, uh, preferably, and listen as Mike goes through this, so I think that's all I have to say, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next however many minutes. Okay, well, welcome, everybody. Again, my name is Michael Leone, and I am one of the master instructors in our lineage. And so last week we went through an overall orientation as far as what is the master key and what are the eight steps. What I'd like to do is I'm, I'm hoping or assuming everybody went out and got the book you can just order it. It will really help. It's a little simple book you can read through, and it's going to be one of the many you know, study guides or study uh, tools that we're going to use. Uh, so what we want to do today is I'm going to just read through the lesson that my grandmaster had with Master Burian, which was his grandmaster. Now, this lineage is called Donghan, D-O-N-G-H-A-N. It's Korean Taoist lineage. And so it's a warrior, scholar, sage, a practice. And if you get your, uh, you look at your book from the journey around the sun in the back, you'll see the oriental characters on the back of Jing Qi and Shan. Warrior, scholar, sage form, you know, energy and consciousness. It's the uh, three, the, you know, the three harmonies. So we go through learning the mental aspect or the development of principle. And we also, of course, train physically so we can create the willpower. You can get a lot of this information. It's out there. What I find the real challenge is having the nervous system and having the discipline to adhere to the information. Because that knowledge or information without really the ability to apply it, adhere to it, in some ways it just kind of creates guilt and anxiety. So as we start to go through this process, you know, you have your classes available to you, your breathwork classes. I have a physical class available that we shoot once a week. You know, we have a library available. So you have all the resources necessary to cultivate the willpower to adhere to the principles that we're, we're working on in our journey to self-mastery. So I, what I'll do is I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to stop, you know, periodically through the uh, story and provide some 
insight that I have gained through training with my grandmaster, which is the student in this book, the young boy, okay? So let's begin, the dragonfly's reflection. So on a beautiful, clear day, the grandmaster and his student were strolling beside a crystal pond. The scent of cherry blossoms filled the air. See the dragonfly over there, remarked the student. It sits upon its own image on the water next to the lotus flower. What question does it ask you? Questioned the grandmaster. What do you mean? Asked the student. It asked, how long have you known yourself? Replied the grandmaster. How long have I known myself? Confusingly replied the student. Well, my whole life. What sort of question is that? Well, how do you look? Asked the grandmaster. Just as I look in the water. See my image reflecting there? The student said, well, now close your eyes. Now how do you look? Asked the grandmaster. Somewhat reluctantly, the student closed his eyes and answered, well, I can see some of my features, but dimly. With Mudo, said the grandmaster, you will learn to see yourself clearly. So I guess, again, my point is we need to get everybody to a good, clear starting point, and we use some pretty powerful tools. We do an elemental constitution where we physically look at the shape of your face and the shape of your body. We use that also in oriental medicine at the clinic that helps us kind of get a propensity for whatever physical strengths and weaknesses you may have. And this is all based on the five element theory. So that's a good piece of seeing yourself, knowing yourself, and knowing how to properly honor your own constitution. So the first step, just that basic piece. Then with the four pillars, we get an idea of what your constitution is, yes, but also your Ming, M-I-N-G, or destiny, what you came in with, you know, these uh, uh, deeper than just a physical ability, but more like your proclivities, your strengths and weaknesses as an individual. What we do is we take your month, day, and hour, we generate a report for you, and then uh, <clears throat> we set up an appointment and take you through it so you can see it. We literally even send you the report. Now, in the beginning, it's a lot of information that you don't really get. And that's part of this program to teach you the language and teach you the science nomenclature, if you will, inside of all of it. And that gives you a tremendous advantage because, you know, people take these personality tests. It's kind of like that, you know, and we use that in corporations as well to know, you know, well, where do you fit? What do you do best? What is your strength? What are your weaknesses? It's the same. But this is a much more, let's say, detailed and a much more dynamic uh, part. So if you haven't done it yet, uh, again, make sure you get a hold of, you know, the office and you get moving forward with that because that is one of the first parts in kind of, you know, seeing yourself. Interesting piece, too, that was brought up in this is like, well, how do I see myself? So go ahead, close your eyes. What do you see? This is a little test you can do right now. A lot of times if you close your eyes, what you're going to see is black, you know, and then you'll see, you know, random images. Well, the first step is you want to be able to see nothing but white. And so through our meditation practices that you're, you're learning in our breathwork practices, we learn how to basically clear the forehead screen so that you're not running all of these I don't know, Looney Tunes, if you will, on your forehead screen, all of these random movies, these random pictures, most of which are about your story, yeah? What we want to do is clear that. It's the first step, to become literally clear, which was a term we often used. If you can start to clear that, you can start to see the real nature of self. 
One of the examples used in seeking clarity in the first step of the dragonfly, you know, on the pond is uh, another analogy referred to, or it's actually a Taoist scripture that we were taught, the clarity and tranquility of the constant scripture. And so, you know, going all the way back beyond just, okay, what do I physically look like and what are some of my personality traits, which are very important, but more important than that is what is my true nature of self. So with the clarity and tranquility of the constant scripture, we do the work, the meditation, the physical movement, everything necessary to remove this nonstop data from just hitting the sense organs and then firing up on the forehead screen so that we can finally get to the point where there's a tranquility and a clarity and we can reveal this constant. The analogy we use is the concept of, uh, and I'm, I'm grossly simplifying this, okay, so because it's a really long scripture, and so I'm going to do it in kind of Western terms. concept is your body. The analogy is your body would be like a crystal glass. It's, you know, uniquely carved. It's beautiful. And like all things on this earth, it has an imperfection. Because if you think about it, imperfection is a prerequisite of infinite divisibility. In other words, if you look at every blade of grass that's been on this planet, there's been quite a few, every one of them has been unique. What has allowed that is imperfection. Imperfection allows infinite divisibility. So often, you know, we, we, we scorn our imperfections when, in fact, they're the price for being. So you're this imperfect crystal glass. Now, it could break. It's fragile. One wrong move, it's gone. But that's the body. Then you say, okay, fill that glass because it can contain chi now. You fill it with water. So that's the life force energy, and as soon as you're done filling it, it begins to evaporate. So now if you think about it and look at yourself from this perspective, you're in a very impermanent and unstable body with a life force that's just day, hour by hour depleting away. Okay, but that is the necessary you know, structure for a vessel. Once that vessel is apparent, consciousness will reside in it. So that consciousness in this case will take the form of like a diamond. The diamond drops in immediately, and right behind the diamond comes a, a good pinch of dirt, which is mine, and now mix. So the human condition is you're basically, you know, identifying as this impermanent, turbid, evaporating being. It creates anxiety because you think about the future. It's uncertainty. It creates depression because, you, you know, loss. Even good memories are side memories. So we're constantly flip-flopping with this massively, you know, intense mind movement of depression and anxiety, because we're identifying with the evaporating water, the unstable glass, and the turbid thought. So the cultivation and the work, the clarity comes from tranquility. No, you learn how to sit. You learn how to focus the mind, and you learn how to basically pull the mixer out of the glass. Stop mixing the water. And after a bit, after the work is done, the water begins to calm, and the tur all of the particles, the turbidity drops. And what you're left with is the diamond. That diamond is you. It's always been you. You've always been here. It's always been now. That diamond is actually the true reflection of who you are. Once you see that anchor into that, that, oh, wow, I am eternal consciousness momentarily residing in form, it creates space. There's like this deeper tranquility. Yes, we're in life. We're going to do everything we can. We're going to play the game hard. But at the end of the day, you realize, oh, I see. I'm just eternal consciousness momentarily doing time and form. 
truly seeing yourself, which was revealed through this clarity and tranquility. So when we start talking about the first step is the reflection, it's also the last step because, as you can see, this whole thing is set up as a figure eight. There's really a omogomche, no beginning, no end. It's a never-ending loop. And we always kind of go back and address all of these steps. And each time we do, they get a little more solid, a little more stable, and a little clearer. So when I hear this story, you know, these are, you know, the things that come back to my mind from my journey inside of this. So we'll move on. <clears throat> so most people, when they close their eyes, they see nothing. They're gone because their self-image is fleeting shadow and they do not know themselves. Worse yet. They do not know that they don't know themselves. How can I know myself clearly, asked the young student. It's both the choice and a way, replied the Grandmaster. I'm confused. What do you mean, asked the student. It's a choice, explained the Grandmaster, because you have the power to become as great as you want. It's a way because you can move forward day by day along the correct path towards knowing yourself. Well, who shall guide me, asked the worried student. You should guide yourself said the Grand Master. Using the correct principles, you are your own guide and you are your own guard, no matter who you are. My own guard? asked the students in surprise. Mudo is the path leading to true mental, physical, and spiritual power, explained the Grand Master. It's both dangerous and secure. So for those who do not know themselves, the path is dangerous because the unseen can harm themselves and the unknowing can damage others. That is referred to as Pado. But for those who see and know, Mudo points to the way of security, for they are their own guard. They are a light to themselves and a beacon to others. They are on the Chungdo pathway. That is the pathway of wisdom. But when you go into the concept of guarding it, of not losing yourself, not being influenced, or not being divided, not being labeled, because we do a lot of that in our culture because we know that weakens somebody. If you don't know who you truly are, you lose your power. So we're going to get you to believe that maybe you're a minority group. <laughs> maybe you're a specific, you know, a political party. Maybe you're, all of that is just nonsense divisiveness designed to weaken you as an individual and we as a collective. And so, but if you, God forbid, you know yourself, you are a mountain. You're not ma manipulated. You're not easily moved. You don't really hang on tightly to all of these labels. And the fear of loss is truly gone. Approval, acceptance, and appreciation, which is almost a, a, a leash used to kind of drag people through, it's just gone. You don't seek any of that. You don't need others' approval, acceptance, or appreciation because you have yourself. And you can guard your own self-worth. You can guard your own self-concept. Now, when you start talking about, like, building this path, you know, the path, well, that's a long-term result because at the end of the day, you're ultimately, you know, who you are based on what you've earned. And what you've earned, in, in this case, isn't like, you know, your 401K or whatever the heck you got going on. Nothing like that kind of earning. What kind of suffering have you removed? Gong Dao Hui Shang, spiritual work or karmic merit, earning this life by learning and applying it. To what? First yourself, removing your own suffering, removing your own turbidity, meaning your own delusion of who you are, taking the time to be tranquil and clear enough to see yourself and really get to know your nature and be stable in it. In doing that, you stop suffering. If you stop suffering first, everything around you stops suffering. 
the best thing you can give to others, as my grandmaster always would say, is yourself. Because at that point, you're not taking. And moreover, now you become like this stable source in the world. Very, very important. So you're guarding not only like your self-concept, but you're guarding all that you care for. You're, 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 you are like that stable source because it all begins with that self-knowledge. Now, of course, we can get pulled to the point where we are. My grandmaster, he would always ask, are you clear? You know, that is this apprentice clear? And the, the question would be like, look, we would like to have this individual train, you know, with us in this lineage, become a, an apprentice. And then, of course, we'd go through the whole process of the pillars. And, and then the question would always be, well, is the individual clear? And the clarity was in reference to can they see the true nature of themselves, at least get a glimpse of it, and then do they understand that immovable mountain of self, or at least have a glimpse of it, and is this something we can move on? Or are they just moving based on, again, power, approval, appreciation, wealth. That's a fleeting, and it's a very difficult thing to guard. So when we look at this chapter, that's what we're, we're looking at. Okay, I don't have a choice. So, okay, how do I know myself clearly? Asked the young man, both the choice. Okay, so I'm going to move those meetings to pathway to wisdom. Okay, so <clears throat> the question is, am I on that path? Ambitiously asked the student, well, look at what you did today. You know, the question, the grandmaster, well, I see myself strolling and learning, answered the student. Well, when you learn to know your true self, your pure self, continued the grandmaster, you will see yourself without using a mirror. The grandmaster stopped walking for a moment and he faced the student and he placed his hand on his shoulder of the younger man and said, look, there's a spot of dirt in the face. The student blinked his eyes in surprise and asked him, what dirt? With the back of his finger, the grandmaster brushed it away and the student's, uh, off the student's cheek. So you couldn't see or feel it. But soon you'll know with certainty when such an intrusion occurs, you will see it and feel it with your inner self. You are your own guard. If you're deep and still, you can purify yourself visibly and invisibly. And that, again, goes by, it's a metaphor now. It's not like you'll you know, have the superpower where you can see dirt on your face without looking in a mirror. The point is where you can see your behavior isn't really adhering to your highest potential and isn't adhering to your true nature. Because a lot of times if you don't really have a, some basic standards, you can kind of float right along and you don't even realize you're completely violating your own nature, your own way. You find yourself in relationships or in careers or doing things in life that really aren't you. You don't know. Like buying a jacket, you never took your measurements. And people do it all the time. So these intrusions of impurity can enter into your life and you don't even realize it. You'll completely buy into it. Or even worse, you'll be manipulated into believing you're something you're not for the hope and gain of others, either to suppress you or to uh, take from you, you know, kind of projecting and manipulating. You don't know yourself. You know, there's a certain level of naive there, and that's, again, coming from not doing the work. But knowing yourself, you cannot be moved. And knowing yourself, you're, you're confident and comfortable in the situation, even when, you know, Everybody else disagrees. You know, the, the ability to stand up and just dissent and say, no, no, that's not it. That's not me. I'm not doing this. Very few people have that kind of inner strength 
they'll immediately move. And that's, again, one of the problems that we have, you know, within societies. You know, we're like, good news is we're herd creatures, bad news is we're herd creatures. And in doing that, we often sacrifice ourselves. And so, you know, that's a, a key piece. So moving on, deep and still, asked the student, like this deep pond, replied the grandmaster. By contrast, shallow water can be noisy with much splashing. Pado is shallow and noisy. Chungdo brings you into deep, still water that moves slowly with principle. That brings forth power. The deeper the water, the stronger the power, the stillness is truly the voice of destiny. So how shall I find myself, wondered the student. So that's something to really consider. You know, me personally, you know, I, I've always, you know, been taught and always lent towards it. You know what? You don't say much. You do it all. You know, if you're out there saying everything, you, you tend not to be the one doing it. You know, do, do it. Be it. And then sure, say it if that's your position and that's something you're, that, you know, is you, is needed. But generally speaking, that deep water, there's something there and it's deep. It's not something you got to dive deep in to get it even. But if it's shallow, it's false. It's really loud, fast running, splashy. And it's, hmm, well, there's not much there. Soon to evaporate. So it's, you know, be that. You know, say little, do a lot, be it. You know, again, what happens with me a lot of times because of the nature of my, my job and my position, I find myself at these events and conferences that are involved in healing and wellness and a lot of metaphysics and stuff. And it's fine. I'm not really, if you know me, you'll see, I'm not really, I'm not really a social uh, uh, networking guy. I prefer to, you know, be in the mountains or be at home with my kid or swing my sword or, you know, it's, it makes, it's better for me personally, but I'll go. And you have the people, they'll come up to you and they will carry on about their credentials. Yeah, so I have this and I'm a master of that and I got this and I can do this and see, I can do my chi. And they just carry on and carry on. And I'm like, look, I got a new policy. I learned this decades ago. I'll listen to you about what amazing Reiki master you are and all of your understandings of metaphysics for as long as you're standing in horse position. I will stand there in horse position right there and I will listen to you until you stand up. I'll stay. I can stay there for an hour or so. Fine. I'm good with that. They do it all the time, but they can't. And so that ensures me a short conversation. <laughs> you know, I learned that's how I protect myself from this nonsense. It's just I'm not into it. And I don't want to sit here and talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff that you know about, but you're not. You're not it. If you were it, you'd be able to stand there. This is it's not what you know that's going to change your life. It's what you become. And this, the, the, the bad news about this practice, this process, which really kind of thins the crowd, is you just, it's not like going to college or something where you can remember it, pass a test, and move on. No, you actually have to be it. Like you're, you're fit. Every cell in your body except for the SA node changes every seven years. So you literally reincarnate. It takes about seven years of this practice to become it, where basically you replace every cell, okay, all the bones, the muscles, the cartilage, the tendons, the ligaments, the fascia, solid, hollow organs, the whole, the whole deal. You replace it all based on supply and demand. Nature gives you what you use. And so now all of a sudden you're putting this type of pressure of going up the mountain, ascending that mountain of self-mastery. Well, now everything's going to be upgraded. 
So at the end of that seven years, you will physically, literally not be the same person. And then do that again. Go 14 years. You just keep upgrading it. And so you, you become the teachings. You embody the teachings. It's not what you have. It's what you are. And so I think that's a very key, you know, true benefit, you know, in this, in this process. So moving on, the Grand Master reached down and gathered a handful of sand and said, <clears throat> the steps you follow along the correct path are like these small grains of sand. And when they're cemented together and formed into bricks, they become the building blocks of your self-knowledge. I will teach you these principles, but you must act for yourself. I will bring you to the banquet of learning, but you must eat on your own and at your own pace. This is the principle of learning. Is the way hard, meekly asked the student. To construct a building of self-knowledge is hard, explained the Grandmaster, but the rewards are great. And once you have finished the task, you will feel secure within your building, your temple of wisdom. You will feel a peace no matter what storms may descend upon you. Then, no matter where you are, you will have harmony and inner peace. For the building of wisdom is within you, and with care, the building will last forever. The student lowered his head in a serious attitude, then lifting his gaze to the Grand Master once again asks, how soon can I be like you? Is this ever possible or even possible? And the Grand Master smiled as he caught a glimpse of the dragonfly on the surface of the water nearby. The concentric circles expanded in the sunlight, and the Grand Master replied, it is indeed possible. You are now ready, and tomorrow we begin. So if we look at that, the concept of the bricks that brings back, one of the things we all need to get really, really good at is uh, ego death, those sands. So, so we'll go, let's go back to seeing ourselves. We go, you know, we know this. The hardest person to look at in the room literally is yourself, right? You can see everybody else, but to see yourself is difficult unless you have a mirror. And so it's easy to see the weaknesses or even the strengths in others, but not yourself. So the ability, we call that turning the light around and seeing yourself without judgment. And it's hard. People hate it. And then you start trying to, you know, the way we were taught, we live with our grandmaster. So whenever we were in violation of these principles, it was pointed out in your behavior in real time. And my God, it was hard. And I'll be honest with you, most of us quit because you were constantly being disassembled, basically. It's a crushing process because you think you're on it and you're, you're not. You know, and being around my grandmaster was very tough. And so what happens is, You've got to build up to that. So the way we do it is it's easier to change your body than your mind to as, as far as ego is concerned. So if I come to you and I say, hey, listen, you're a little pretentious. You're kind of delusional. You greatly overestimate your value and your knowledge. If we judge by the results and the people around you, you're creating more suffering than good. Well, that's, you know, true words are seldom kind, and kind words are seldom true, and that's kind of harsh. And especially if you don't know me. But if you know and we've trained, and the first thing is like, yeah, well, how about this? Your hamstrings are really tight. You're not going to go through ego death because you got tight hamstrings. And you'd be like, okay, well, what do I do? All right, we're going to do some forward folds. We're going to go through this process. You know, breathe. We're going to take time, three minutes, the whole thing. And now you start getting results. But what you did is you identified something that wasn't 
its highest potential, and it didn't crush your ego because you didn't really attach too much to it, and you overcame it. And it's like, okay, well, now we're in this core stance. Well, you know what? Your feet, they have to be parallel. Your hips have to be over your heels, your shoulders over your hips. Okay, we make these adjustments. And a funny thing is you're going to be standing there thinking you're nailing it, right? And that's why we usually walk through the room with like a staff. We put it right on the sacrum and then right between the shoulder blades and right there at the occipital region, they all should touch. They never do. Your rear end's usually way out. You think you're nailing it. You're not. So that even that alignment, you can't even see your own body. It's a weird thing. It kind of freaks me out still till today, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, okay, lift your left arm and then lift your right. And it's like amazing. So it's like, okay, we have to look good. turn and actually get your feet to align, get your kneecaps to point in the same direction as your toes. All of this basic proprioception and body awareness begins the muscle, this sand making bricks, just begins the muscle of humbly turning around and upgrading. That's basically what that is. And then you develop confidence in yourself and the process. You're like, okay, this isn't about just trying to beat me up and make me weaker or make fun of me. And No, no this is working. I'm applying it. It's terrible. It's painful. But it's not suffering. And I'm improving. So then what happens is you develop the ability to make bricks, which are these micro grains, these micro adjustments. And you get good at being bad. At things I, I work with that with my with my son you know he wants to do it perfect you know and he gets all upset and embarrassed because he can't line up his toes and he's trying to jab but he's not like okay son who cares you're gonna do it 108 times to remember it a thousand times to do it and 10,000 to master it it's just like running scales right on a guitar you just you just who cares I'm not good at it I've, I've learned that a long time ago I'll just drill down it I'll just run those scales until you know, I know after 10,000 times, it'll be clean. Get good at being bad at things. And that's being, you know, letting that ego go. And then what will happen is you start to develop the ability to see your own behavior. You know, I, I'm, I know my nature. My nature is harsh. You know, I'm not an approachable person. You know, I, when I work with my clients and I meet a lot of people, and, and I know that, so I try to be you know, pleasant as I can, you know, <laughs> and kind. So on the front end, so that they're like, okay, this guy isn't a complete madman. Uh, I, you know, I'm packaged poorly, I think, you know. I, I think I'm a real sweetheart. I, I guess I'm not. To the, you know, okay, see, I my self-vision doesn't match, but that's okay. I know who I am. So I can then humbly just approach the situation knowing I'm going to be misread most of the time and then bring that into the, you know, situation. Just know it. And don't get upset about it. And so the more you get to know your nature, the more you can work with it, and then you can slowly evolve it. And, you know, there's a lot of parts of who you are that are perfect. You keep them the way they are. You know, they serve you. It's just kind of like a chainsaw. You just need to use it at the right time. Otherwise, you know, A, it can, you know, create firewood, or B, it can create a lot of damage. And so knowing yourself and building those bricks, developing the ability to experience that ego death, looking at your own nature. And you know what? Screw your own truth. One of the biggest, you know, and so my truth, we have this weird thing going on right now that is the exact opposite of the Tao, which is another way you basically destroy a society, which that's a whole other story we can talk about. But no, there is no your truth. There's the truth. There's the universal truth. 
that everything adheres to. Everything is subject to gravity. <laughs> everything is sub subject to the five elements of nature. That's the truth. And your job is to coexist within it. That which coexists within nature will be sustained by it, and that which does not will be consumed sooner or later. So, you know, there's a truth there. And you want to be able to see that, you know, that the constant, and that constant is revealed during tranquility. And that's why we do our seated meditation. That's why we do our standing practices and our moving practices. Seated meditation clears the mind. Standing practices builds the nervous system to overcome adversity. Moving practices develops our ability to be self-aware, proprioception, coordination, upper and lower body, moving simultaneously in opposite directions so that we can go through life. You know, a lot of us are at this stage thinking, oh, I'm going to build my profile, I'm going to get my stuff, i got my boat, i got my house. Yeah, I know, but you're going to have to be able to move, sleep, evacuate your bowels, you know, be pleasant, be comfortable. And that's what this whole journey is about. So that is my, you know, observation of the mirror and seeing yourself. And then our next lesson, of course, you know, we will move on to the moral compass, which I think is probably one of the, they're all awesome. They're equally valuable, you know, but uh, the, the moral compasses is imperative. Okay, uh, we have a couple minutes. If you have any questions, you can hit, what is it, star two. Your hand will pop up on the control panel, and I will address your questions. We can have a little dialogue here. This isn't just a recording. This is a live call. So feel free to get in there and get crazy. And then, Sarah, was there anything we needed to share with anybody while they're uh, contemplating their questions? All right. A lot of people are calling via web, so I can't see a hand that's up. So just know that right. if you're calling in on your phone, then you're able to do the interaction. So just know that for next time. And the book is on Amazon. It's The Master Key of Wisdom by Charles Kim. So if you do not have a copy, you can just get it there. Right, and there's another uh, a book that you're going to need. I call it the Book of a Thousand Images. So you probably already have the journey around the sun, and this was put together, you know, within our limit, uh, lineage. It's called the uh, Health and Wellness Graphic Reference Book 24. That's why I call it the Book of a Thousand Images. I think that's a lot sexier. But it is on Amazon, and it's literally hundreds of pages of all of the technical, energetic anatomy, physiology that you're going to be taught throughout your process. And so these are all of the notes that you'll probably never take. And so this is like, I, I wish I would have had this study guide the day I started my training, you know. So it's a tremendous advantage, and I'm so happy that it's going to be made available to everybody. So, again, that's on Amazon as well. I'm sure somehow we can share a link to it. Okay, well, it doesn't look like we had any questions for today. As always, it's great to see so many people on the call. If you did not you do your year, month, day, and hour, your four pillars, please, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and send that in. Some of you already did, and we actually have your reports. I'm just waiting for you to call me so I can give you your orientation and set you up with your analysis. So let's just keep moving forward. We will be putting together dates. Uh, we're going to start doing our physical training, probably a couple days, you know, a few hours a day, so that we can help you make your necessary adjustments on your uh, on your journey. As always, it's great to see so many people on the call. Until next time, be well.